In this episode, I'm joined by Tulku Yashi Rinpoche, Dzogchen master, author of over 15 books, and teacher of Tibetan Buddhism. Tulku Yashi Rinpoche recounts his nomad upbringing in Amdo, Tibet, including his family circumstances, the early education in his local tent school, and more. Tulku Yeshe Rinpoche recalls the spiritual influence of his mother, his rigorous religious education under the Mahasiddha Lama Tamcho Gyatso, and the early signs of his being a Tulku, a reincarnated master. Tulku Yeshe Rinpoche also describes his love of books and reading, and how the circumstances of his early life have shaped him today. So without further ado, Tulku Yeshe Rinpoche. Tulku Yeshe Rinpoche, welcome to the podcast. Tasideli, Steve. Well, I'm delighted to be talking with you today uh, after having read your autobiography, A Modern Liberation Odyssey. Very interesting book indeed. And we're going to talk actually today about your life story, as well as some other topics later on. So in A Modern Liberation Odyssey, you write, I was born in the summer of 1969 in the southern Kokonor Lake region of Amdo, Tibet. The day that I was born, the village people saw many rainbows above our family tent. They saw this as an auspicious sign that a tulku had been born. And you write a little later, at the time of my birth, our family lived in a small community of tent dwellers, situated in vast grasslands surrounded by mountains. Our family tent was handmade by my mother. She carded the wool from our yaks and sheep, hand spun it into yarn, and hand-wove narrow strips of sturdy fabric that she sewed together for the tent material. Down the middle of the tent's roof was an opening, about a foot wide that allowed the stove smoke to escape. The stove was in the center of the floor, inside the tent, dividing the women's side from the men's side. Our living space in the tent was about 25 by 30 feet. So this is your description of where you were born in Amdo there. You know, I have a stove too, I don't know if you can see that. on the boat, but sadly no tent. So I'm curious, could you say something about your family, where you were born, and the circumstances of your childhood? Yes, um, already you, you know, read some of those <clears throat> sentences. Um, I was born in, in Eastern Tibet, uh, which we call Amdo. Uh, <clears throat> it's a big region and also very beautiful, very beautiful region. and. Uh, uh, historically, like a thousand years ago, um, between the, you know, the uh, Tibet and China, there are lots like war. Also, there's like a very good like uh, relationship because the business, the religion, the culture. Uh, <clears throat> also, the Mongolians too. These three, uh, you know, different uh, like race or the people: uh, Tibetans, Mongolians, Chinese. Um, <clears throat> In, uh, in Amdo, um, we have lots beautiful, beautiful mountains, lakes, you know, rivers, um, also beautiful, uh, my birthplace. So we have, we have beautiful, like a desert, like around this desert, like hundreds of miles. <clears throat> mm. um, I was born, um, as my book said, the middle of the Cultural Revolution. Uh, <clears throat> uh, everybody <clears throat> was busy for, hard to say, uh, like study um, Chairman Mao's The Red Book. Uh, 
and uh, non-religious um, the materials, no statues, no temples, um, no the Dharma texts, no malas, nothing. It's totally zero, zero, you know, of the religion and zero of the like traditions. Even um, the traditional Tibetan and Chinese cups, bowls, yeah, the, you know, all of them also gone. It's totally gone. Uh, <clears throat> um, so when I was born, um, everybody just dreaming like a nightmare, like nightmares. Uh, but still people, a lot of people, <clears throat> they practice Dharma. They like, they very, very be careful, but still there's some opportunity to practice Dharma and meditate. Uh, <clears throat> like my mom, she, she was amazingly practice, good practitioner. And uh, so, yeah, look, there's um, different circumstances, um, but still people keep this treasure, the within, treasure, uh, the beautiful um, culture and religion. So um, it's very clear in my book, uh, you know, where I was born and what happened that time. Um, then my uncle, my mother's brother, uh, great master, he, he visited me the middle night because he, he couldn't visit um, the daytime because he was a great master. So the middle night, he visited me for a couple, you know, um, maybe like um, 10, 15 miles, maybe 20 miles away somewhere. <clears throat> he gave the blessing. Um, and um, yeah, that's my, you know, the information of my birth. And uh, when I grew up, I become you know, the little nomad, nomad boy. Uh, we had a, a few uh, yaks, sheep, and horse, dog. <clears throat> Sometimes we had like a little cat. Uh, every single family was poor, was poor, very, very poor. But still we have you know, some food for uh, each. <clears throat> um, I, 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 you know, I don't remember any day I was like, uh, you know, hungry or thirsty. Still there's some enough food because parents work so hard, work very, very hard. <clears throat> uh, that time I didn't know what is like a Tara, you know, the Buddha, Guru Ramboji, um, but still I can see every single day my mom, she was practicing chanting, uh, reading, sorry, not reading, like chanting, because before the communism came to Tibet, she already memorized some sutras, like Gurintara Sutra, um, the three categories, the, you know, the, the, the sutra, the, um, the sutra of uh, confession, 
and then many mantras, many different mantras, and then uh, some long life prayers of some local masters. <clears throat> uh, and sometimes she light very tiny the bachelor lamp. Uh, uh, it's very, very uh, dangerous. If someone saw someone report, she got big trouble. Uh, but she do this every, every single day. Uh, so I influenced, you know, by my, this religious mother. Uh, father was monk before communism came, but when I knew him, he has some position, so he can he couldn't practice like normally like my mom. Mm. So he he should kind of like protect himself and his family. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, my you know first like statues or it's the Charming Mao statue, uh, uh, tiny or big ones. And uh, my first, like uh, the books when I saw in my life is also Charming Mouse books and then the Prime Minister, the Duan Li and you know, the, um, the General Du Dai Bear books. Um, and then uh, Marx, um, Ankers, um, Stalin and Lenin, um, their books translate into, translated into Tibetan language. So no matter you can read or not, you must study, you must read, you must listen, you must memorize at least a few um, paragraphs from those books. <laughs> so 99% of the Tibetan people, they had no idea what that means. Even if it's a Tibetan language, but it's, it's totally different. Um, vocabularies, you know, the new vocabulary from the, the communists, you know, uh, so only people, the local people know some of the, the Dharma vocabulary, okay, they have no idea those politics, the, the politic vocabularies, uh, so, but they have to read, they have to study. Uh, my father had a job once a week, he, you know, called the local people to my family tent and he must read the newspaper uh, like after dinner, after dinner. So when we, you know, finish or stuff, it's almost the middle night. So nobody had watches, just they look at the stars. Oh my gosh, it's middle night. Already, you know, more than half people already sleeping. <laughs> you know, I can hear the snoring, <laughs> but my father's station to read. <laughs> Uh, so very interesting, you know, it's so interesting and uh, very, very fun because we, you know, just, just, just nomad kids, you know, we didn't know much those, what happened to Tibet or what happened to Tibetan people, you know, we, we didn't know just, um, so look, it's like that, my, you know, early child life like that. And quite early on, you showed promise in terms of reading, memorizing and so on in your village tent school, uh, is that correct? In 75, yes. when you were seven, in fact, you, your, your mother uh, nominated you to go to school. Can you say a little bit about the, uh, that first tent school, what it was like, what you did there and so on? Yes, um, this tent school, this tent made by, I think cotton, it's cotton. Oh, you know, it's cotton and the white only can like, uh, you know, maybe like a 13 
kids, around 13 kids and one teacher can sit and sit down and sit. Yeah. Also, it's a move, you know, it's you know, move with the, the nomad people because we seasonally move. Yeah. So like uh, um, morning, I think around like 9.30 to 3.30. Yeah. So um, uh, every morning when I went to school, um, I I brought some kind of like some uh, food, uh, at least some you know dry yak dung for make fires, uh, especially winter. <clears throat> uh, and we gather, and then uh, no those students, no nobody had a book. Only the teacher had one book, one the you know one pen or one you know just that's all. And um, I think only he had two books, uh, two books. So one language, one is a math, in a math book. That's all. Uh, so he taught us Tibetan alphabet and the, the, the numbers. And then mostly we just played this. Mm. And sometimes he, he told us the story of those, um, the communist, the, the leaders, uh, you know, the Karl Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin, uh, Chairman Mao, those stories. Uh. And um, then we just hike. Uh, sometimes so summer we just hike and play. It's so, you know, enjoy. It's a very, very, you know, it's a very, very, it's, it's happy time, very, very happy time. And I remember sometimes if we, play here and there. Once I saw there are small, like a small stupa sometimes already broken is from that like a place, a lot of tiny, this much like, uh, the, you know, the uh, clay, something made by clay, this much, a lot. And we just play with them, we have no idea what's it, what is it. Then I, when I came, you know, home, I asked mom, you know, then mom said, they're cha-cha, mm, cha-cha, they're Buddha statue. I mean, I have no idea who made it, what those. <clears throat> um, but my mom said, respect them. You cannot, you know, like jump on, on, on them and you cannot broke them, just leave them just there. Uh, they're very important. Uh, also, she said, don't bring it home, we got trouble. Uh, just, just live there. Uh, just live there. Um, so you know, this school, um, I learned the, the basic, the Tibetan, you know, the reading and writing, and some numbers for my seven to nine. Uh, seven to nine. It's only a couple months, summer, a couple months, winter, uh, and. Uh, but it's helped a lot. Sometimes my teacher, you know, he was busy because he should go like, um, you know, the uh, village to village, read those Chairman Mouse red book for the local people. Uh, <clears throat> that's his another like job. <clears throat> uh, um, he was also a former monk. Uh, before communism, he was a monk too. Uh, that's why he can read. Uh, so those kind of people like uh, become teacher or treasury, um, town leader, yeah? Oh, so uh, because they can read a little bit. 
products. Uh, so very, very kind teachers. Uh, so like uh, even now, you know, every morning when I pray my, my gurus, uh, first I pray my parents, Secondly, I pray those my first, the language teachers, my first guru, they're my first guru. They opened my wisdom channels. Uh, so without their blessings, there's no way to receive the blessings from the, the spiritual masters. No, no way. Uh, so this is very important to re recognize or remember the language teachers kindness and the compassion and their wisdom very important so those teachers they are my very important guru very important and in 1977 you were selected to go to boarding school based on your intellectual promise can you say something about that that was rather a big change yes it's a big kind of a big change so each year <clears throat> that school pick up some good students from this 10th school. Uh, um, and once uh, my 10th school teacher um, <clears throat> asked me from our school, uh, you are the best. So I wanna you know, send you to the, the boarding school. Um, do you wanna go there? I said, yes, I really, really wanna go there. Because already I saw that school you know, beautiful house, there are a lot of kids there, and I really, really want to go there. And then I, you know, uh, I told my parents, uh, so what a teacher told me, and uh, they also agreed. Uh, and then uh, one day, um, it looked like August, uh, um, it's a little bit rainy, and then my father took me to the boarding school. Uh, I walk, he read the horse, and, uh, you know, like a keep my like, uh, you know, my clothes or some distance with him. And then I, I just walk with him. And um, I lived there, I think around five years uh, with the kids from looks like nine to 13 something, 14, 13, uh, around a hundred kids, around a hundred kids. We must stay there, you know, uh, five months in, uh, yeah, five months and then uh, one month like break and then another five months. <clears throat> we should stay there, we should eat there and yep. It's very, very fun. We can learn a lot and a lot of kids there. Also, there's a lot of, you know, what's, what do you call Bully, yeah, we say bully, yes. yeah, like, a, you know, like China. child abuse, look. Um, the elders abuse the younger ones. Uh, Many times I got this abuse, uh, <clears throat> but still I love it. I love that school. Uh, we learn Tibetan, um, some Chinese, math, uh, history, politics, um, like uh, drawing, the singing song, and exercise. Especially, you know, one important is exercise. That time in whole Chinese schools or Tibetan schools, every single school, every morning, this kind of boarding school and uh, you know, high school, college, same. Every single morning, early morning, everyone get up and then 
in the yard, you know, stand up in line and then do exercise, different exercises, like maybe eight to nine different exercises with the, um, the sound box. There's, a, you know, the microphone and the sound box. Um, yep. <clears throat> no matter summer, winter, rainy, winter, you know, snow, doesn't matter. You have to do it. Uh, they train you as like a military soldier. Uh, <clears throat> and then uh, jog. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, once a week, we had politic meeting. At uh, that time, everyone, like we say, clean your motivation, clean your mind, uh, check your mind. Uh, are you really, really devoted in communism and the party or not? No matter you're like a nine-year-old boy, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to clean yourself. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, once our, um, what do you call, uh, one, the, the, the big house uh, remodeled. And when they took the ceiling, we saw beautiful, beautiful, like a pendants on those woods. Like, we never saw that beautiful things. And we asked the elders, where did they come from? And then they said, this wood come from the temple. Mm, then I asked my parents, where the temple, you know, what happened? And then they told us, um, so like, you know, around like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there was beautiful monastery, beautiful temples. And then, then we, you know, had no choice, uh, destroyed and then took those woods and a lot of materials brought here and the bell the school. And then the elders told us, respect those. They're very, very, you know, sacred, very blissful. Uh, so we, boys took some like it's you know it's cotton covered the wood and then they depend uh ancient chinese and tibetan you know traditional style uh <clears throat> so we took some of those you know beautiful the cottons and then we keep with us kept us with like a protection <laughs> because after class many days we you know, went outside the school and then they will fight like a gang, you know, different like a village, different village, the children. Uh, so there's different groups you do fight. Really, really badly fight. Like, you know, sometimes in America, the prisoners, there's a gang and, you know, groups, they fight. We did the same thing, you know, nine years old, 10, 11 years old, those boys. Sometimes we use real weapons small knife and some very, very sharp, put it under the, okay, under the tables and then, yeah. So we needed the protection uh, from the ceiling. <laughs> so uh, very, very fun. Uh, <clears throat> most of the food from the, the parents and the local people, uh, local people, <clears throat> And sometimes the food is much, much better than the family food. Uh, <laughs> and uh, many of the lovely teachers there, Tibetan teachers, Chinese teachers, both. Mm, they're so lovely, so lovely. Mm, so I, 
I learned a lot from that school. And also, and that school, also the Chinese <clears throat> policy, little bit, you know, open, uh, more, little bit, you know. Um, and then uh, we can uh, learn some, like uh, some Tibetan uh, uh, tradition, uh, you know, those uh, cultures, uh, like a Tibetan grammar, real Tibetan grammar, because uh, during Cultural Revolution, they changed the Tibetan grammar system too. Oh, and like punctuations in those things. Uh, Tibetan is a shell. Uh, and then there's a, the begin the letters to be Yingu or Uchong. There's a, it's a come from look like Sanskrit Om. Uh, so during Cultural Revolution, you cannot use those. You cannot write those. Even the Tibetan, like, you know, like Kama or, you know, Tibetan shell. You cannot write shell. You must use this punctuation or <laughs> comma. You cannot write like this shell. No, <laughs> it's like illegal. Look, but um, late seventeen, yeah, late nineteen seventies. Then you can use those. Uh, still, the the like the uchung the begin this you know, maybe not, but the shell okay. Mm. Uh, so that school in my life is very important school. Uh, I met a very good teacher, especially one teacher was amazing. He was the, you know, the religious person and very good practitioner uh, because when he was in, in a um, university, he made some very good the masters before communism, those masters learn very, you know, you know they learn lots of, uh, not only the culture, the, the religion, the Buddhism, philosophy. Uh, so they taught him some of those, you know, the religious philosophy practices. Uh, so he couldn't like uh, publicly say, but individually he can like, kind of like transfer, you know, us <clears throat> those informations in messages. Uh, so that teacher still, you know, I have some connection with him. Uh, uh, amazing. Uh, so I think that seed from the teacher, you know, one cause of how I joined the, you know, the monasteries, uh, distance. So that's boarding school was very important in my life. Do you remember the first, I suppose, uh, Buddhist idea or fragment that caught your attention, that uh, uh, was interesting to you? Already I mentioned my mom, my mother. Uh, <clears throat> so since, since she was, you know, she woke up, <clears throat> she started uh, chanting and practice. And then uh, all day long, no matter she's working or, you know, walking or whatever, her hands, you know, her feet busy, but her mouth <clears throat> chanting, chanting, reciting, reciting, reciting. And uh, even when she, you know, go to sleep, even she is sleeping, like still continually she chants. Unbelievable. This, this, this mother, this grandmother, she directly, she didn't like directly like, you know, 
teach or, you know, <clears throat> but indirectly, he taught me lots. And then she, many times she told us, my brothers, like, there was monastery, you know, there were monks, how monks' life is so important, so happy. Many times, there's no, you know, that, that nothing, there's, no, there's zero those things, but still she kind of like, you know, put the information there a lot. And then <clears throat> early 80s, uh, so one by one, the local temples, monasteries reopened. Uh, then we saw, wow, you know, those things happen. And uh, my first time, uh, my first, you know, time visit a big monastery with my uncle and some relatives. Look like 1980, I think 80. Mm. Kumbh Monastery, the birthplace of the Lama Tsongkhapa. <clears throat> oh. So that, only that monastery left. <clears throat> All other monasteries gone. Because the Chinese Prime Minister, Du Anli, by Du Anli's order, some Tibetan temples left, like uh, including like Jokang Temple, Bodala Palace, and Kumbh Monastery, some of those historically, you know, by his order, his protection, unbelievable. <clears throat> so the Kumbham, of course, all the monks' houses gone because all monks, the masters are gone, but the main temples, I think all temples left. So beautiful because Kumbham is the kind of like a border China and Tibet. Um, so the, you know, the construction and then the tradition, the styles, so this mix, Tibetan and Chinese. So, so the temples, even outside is so beautiful. And inside all those statues still there. Amazing. It's, it's amazing. <clears throat> and then later the, our, uh, the local monastery, re, you know, rebuilt. Uh, only like uh, two, three monks left. 99% they gone, uh, they die or they kill or they married. Uh, so only two, three monks uh, come back. Uh, so they built small houses. Yeah, and then look, I made this like a like new life. And that was with Lama Tamcho Gatso. Yes, then the Lama Tachi Tamchi Gatso came back to our village. Uh, he was, you know, like part of our village before communism, but before 1959, but during Cultural Revolution. <clears throat> so he like uh, became kind of like homeless. Uh, he, he went here, there, stay here, there. Uh, so um, <clears throat> especially um, he went to around the Coconut Lake, um, there he had some supporters, some like good friend, people, good family, like who help him, who feed him. And then uh, not in early 80s, he came back because the other, the Lamo Yongzer, which he rebuilt, started rebuilt the monastery. That's why the Lama Tamchi just come back and his, the relatives, you know, <clears throat> whole our, the village people, you know, we are his relative. 
so um, when he came to our village, um, he he saw me one day, and since then he said, first the local people request or ask, please, master, now look." The we you know start to rebuild this temple and monastery. Please live here, stay here. And then he said, um, "If you know I stay here, <clears throat> I have kind of like one condition: uh, if that boy can become my assistant, my you know disciple, I can stay. But my family." the situation is different. Culturally or traditionally, nomad family, um, at least if there are two, two women, you know, two ladies, then the family kind of like, uh, how to say, <clears throat> can survive because we have, you know, the yaks. You know? So um, the, especially D, the female yak, you know, milk and, uh, you know, make a butter and a cheese and a zamba. Those only the ladies can do. Uh, so my mother was sick during that time. And uh, already my elder brother went to another temple, uh, monastery. And uh, he uh, stayed with uh, my uncle who gave me the name, who visited me when I was born. So now I'm the elder one. So, um, you know, I kind of engaged. Uh, even I was at that time around, I think 13, 14, some 13 and a half something. So already my family found one girl for my wife. Uh, so um, sometimes in Tibet, early marriage is kind of like common. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, especially the special, the, this kind of circumstance, special, you know, situation. Um, and, you know, then the, um, the local people told the master, Lama Tamshi Yatsu, it's almost impossible because this boy, he, he already engaged, kind of, you know, so this family needed him. Can you choose another boy? There's we have there are some boys his age, same age, you know. Also, some boys already went to the you know boarding school. They can read and they can read and they can write and things. The master said no. Only this boy. And then the local people, village people, ask my parents, that possible? Then my parents first say no. Look. So we really will really need him and he should marry as soon as possible because my mother need assistant, you know, young girl. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but they ask again, again, my parents. And then finally parents ask me. And the first, it's really very difficult to choice. Well, yeah, very difficult choice. But finally I say, yes, okay. And then you know we 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 kept the master and and uh, you know the local people built a small house for us 
And then uh, maybe after half month, half a year, or I don't remember, then we move um, to this small house in, uh, in the monastery, small house, very small house. <clears throat> so I, you know, um, stay with this great, great master. This Lama Tamchi Yatsu was a realized master, very famous uh, writer and Mahasiddha, like both. <clears throat> he wrote around like 30 different books. And before communism, he meditated many, like 20, 30 years, many, many, you know, many years. So he realized uh, many times he shows, he, you know, he's kind of like superpower, some, you know, unusual ones. Uh, yeah, so um, this Lama Tamchi just changed my life. Changed my life. <clears throat> Amazing. And then the, the main master, you know, the founder of the temple, very famous master in Eastern Tibet, like, a, you know, really, it's very, very famous master. <clears throat> Scholar and also realized master. Uh, he gave like thousands of different, you know, empowerments, teachings, uh, the, the people from all of the Eastern Tibet and Northern Tibet. <clears throat> uh, and also there's some left masters. Uh, <clears throat> some, they are very, very educated. Uh, so I learned from them, uh, of course, the Tantric Buddhism, and then uh, history, uh, astrology, Tibetan medicine, lots of poetry and you know, grammar. <clears throat> 10 years in that mana monastery, yeah, we didn't have any Saturday, Sunday, like break, no, no Saturday, Sunday. Every single day you should study, meditate, memorize every single day. <clears throat> yeah, that's why that 10 years, you know, made me kind of like educated person because we never waste our time, never. Since morning like 5.30 to like 10.30, every single day. Yeah, amazing. I'm wondering if you could say something about uh, more about Lama Tamche Gyatso and your close experience with him. You were his assistant, very close to him for for many years. Um, you mentioned also his um, superpowers. You write about some of those in the book. I'm wondering perhaps if you could mention something about that, but also your own experience uh, living in such close quarters with this master. Yes, this master. He's like, uh, how to say, you know, the, the foundation of practice was very, very um, profound, uh, profound and perfect because he started his Dharma life from the renunciation and the compassion. Uh, so, um, as I mentioned in my book, when he was maybe late 20s, I don't know, 
Already he got married, he had beautiful and a wife, a beautiful daughter, and a lot of animals, no problem at all. But after he received the teaching from the Lama Yongzhe Rinpoche, look like the 1930s. So he renounced, you know, he realized this samsara. <clears throat> no matter you have like a temporary happy and you know, healthy life and a wealthy life, but one by one, change. Um, healthy to sick, wealthy to poor, uh, happy to suffer, yeah? Gathering to um, separate, uh, agree to argument, rejoice to jealous, uh, yeah? Wisdom to ignorant. So, and he really, he renounced this samsaric life. Uh, so then he um, asked his wife and his one best friend who is a single and a very good man. Uh, he asked them, can you guys marry and take care you know, of the family? And I want to become a monk and practice Dharma. And they agree. Uh, so that's, he, you know, become a monk. And then he didn't stay monastery long. After received teachings, just, you know, departure. So went to the mountains, <clears throat> forests, uh, caves, many of those sacred places. He meditated, 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 meditated. Um, so finally become famous, realized masters. <clears throat> and uh, every single day, he, his main practice was compassion. Compassion and uh, each time when he saw someone suffer or he heard someone suffer or in the winter we make fire and then the fire, you know, stove become like uh, an orange or red because fire. Then he you know, cry. He say in hell run, countless our mother sentient beings suffer now. So just cry. And he also, you know, many times he told me, respect the karma, respect the karma. And when you eat a delicious food from other people's devotion, you know, trust, belief, it's totally like you eating the very strong poison, delicious strong po poison, he said. This is delicious, but this is poison. If you don't practice Dharma well, uh, it, this can bring you to hell realm. Yeah, and uh, until around like 2.30, he chanted and you know, recited and meditated. And then he started to write the books. It's Dharma, mostly it's like Dharma, Dharma song, Dharma, the you know, Dharma poetry. <clears throat> His handwriting is not like, you know, like very beautiful, but so like deeper meaning there, amazingly. And lastly, when he passed away, he just, you know, sit down, you know, we said to the meditation, sit down, you know, hence like meditation posture. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then for seven days he meditated. 
the to the meditation. The, <clears throat> after seven days, the luck has done had done that means now his consciousness transferred into you know his guru's mind or pure land. <clears throat> Yeah, this master is amazing. Even his name, Tam Chi Yatsu. Tam means precious, Chu means Dharma, Yatsu means the ocean, the ocean of precious Dharma, Tam Chi Yatsu. And uh, my name, I remember when the, my master gave me the name, Yishi Yatsu, the ocean of wisdom. When my uncle later asked me, oh, wow, you know, uh, uh, your master gave you an amazing name, but this is, you know, kind of like too heavy for you. <laughs> because ocean of wisdom, it's, it's a lot. Um, but I'm happy, you know, until now, I'm very, very happy. And so always remember the kindness from the parents, language teachers, Lama Tamsi and then all my other, you know, the masters. In your book, you recount various signs of uh, auspicious signs at the time of your birth that gave a hint or pointed towards your the possibility of your being a tulku. And it, it was many years later, um, actually, many decades later, when Trusha Grimpache eventually did indeed recognize you as a tulku, officially. Um, I believe that's the case, but correct me if I'm wrong. During this period that we've discussed, were you aware of this possibility of your being a tulku? Was that something that was in your mind? Did people mention it to you? Uh, were your teachers aware of this? Or was it something that only came out uh, again later when you met Toshuk Rinpoche? When I was in Tibet, <clears throat> um, even some, someone is a Tuku, <clears throat> it's a very, very difficult to like uh, publicly recognize, publicly like, you know, the throne ceremony. Uh, we need like lot permissions from county, state, sometimes the, you know, the government. Uh, uh, so it's very, very, you know, um, difficult, very, very difficult. <clears throat> so lots of those two just kind of like hide, uh, you know. Uh, so sometimes they recognize very highly. Uh, then just just live there uh, and um, something you know happened a couple of times in my early life uh, I don't know those signs you know like it's too good something or not but some those you know kind of mysteries yeah uh, I think many people it's it's happened the the difference is a lot of people they just ignore you know okay something happened i don't know mm. so it's a totally the same time in my life too uh, some mysteries happen <clears throat> uh, some i put it in my book some is not uh, <clears throat> um yeah uh, 
mai la Tchintodu, de Masida, he was born in a different kind of like a different, um, different uh, county. <clears throat> uh, and um, that area, historically, as more kind of like Nyingma practitioners, Nyingma masters there. And where I was born, this place, uh, <clears throat> this county, most of the, you know, the Gilpa school, Gilpa masters. Uh, <clears throat> even when Nyingma Tuku was born there, there's no one like, recognize, you know, uh, uh, because there's no Nyingma masters who can recognize you. Uh, that's, I think, one thing what happened there too. Uh, this has happened many times. <clears throat> and uh, when the, like, uh, around 1990 or 91, since I um, found Patrujumbuchi's very famous book, the most famous book, uh, the words, my, words of my perfect teacher for my master's library, accidentally when I found, when I read, it's totally changed my life. It's totally changed my life. Like, totally changed my life and uh, I really, really, you know, want to go to like East. And there's a famous mountain called Gijil Hamupansen, Three Sisters, the mountain called Three Sisters. Uh, and uh, I really, really want to go there and meditate there. And once some my monk friends and uh, one my, the, in the, the medicine teacher, Tibetan medical teacher, when they went to the, when there one summer for the, you know, pick the, the herbals. After they come back, and the, you know, one of them told me how these three sister mountains beautiful and down there lots of caves. And then like, then I told myself, yes, I knew it. Uh, I knew it. And I really, really want to go there and meditate there. I really, really want to go there and meditate there. But it's, it's never happened. But later when the Tushigura Mbuchi recognized me and uh, when I like, you know, researched a little bit more and then Tuchin Dodo Rinpoche, he was born there and he meditated there. And then he went to a calm area and met the Patushin received the Dzogchen teachings and the Longchinyin Patushin and then he came back and with the three sister mountains, and um, he spent most of his you know, life there, <laughs> meditated there. <laughs> also, when I was around 10 years old or something, when the first time we went to the, another county, uh, uh, you know, for meet um, the 10th Banchal Lama, <clears throat> uh, we rode a horse for my birthplace today, around like five, six days. Maybe third day we, we arrived close that area, the three mountains, the sisters. Uh, 
nobody lived there that time because people moved. The nomad moved, just totally empty place there. And you know, once we pick up some um, the dry yakadas, make fire, made a fire, and boil some tea, and then we had lunch. And then we must continually go. Yeah, I felt like I knew this place. I want to stay here. I didn't want to go continually. I told my father, I want to stay here. I don't want to go. My father said, no, look, nobody here. What are you talking about? We're going to see the tent of Panjalama. <laughs> no way. I said, no, I want to stay here. Please leave me here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, whatever. Those some, you know, things like, Indirectly, there's some messages, you know, some messages. Uh, you, know, you belong to here, you know, it's just come here, you know, look, come back. Uh, but until now, I've never been there. Look, uh, that's places. Um, so, the, like uh, around four years ago, five years ago, I, I, I sent one um, Lama, my friend, and uh, the three sister mountain, and he you know, took videos, pictures. He went to the real, the Tupsin Todos cave, um, take pictures. <clears throat> yeah, that's happened. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe. I'm reincarnation of Dupchintodu. Maybe you know I'm re reincarnation of his wife, his son, or his dog. You know his horse. Who knows? Oh, there's some connection, a very strong connection. Uh, there is a very strong connection. But there's no question. Uh, no question. Uh, there's some strong connections. Also, sometimes like. Uh, one master can manifest, you know, a lot of reincarnations, uh, like in general, three and five, no, five, you know, reincarnations. Uh, some people, some masters, as we call, yeah, um, the, the reincarnation of body, speech, and the mind. And sometimes, like, uh, that man is kind of like, uh, Reincarnation of like his raised light, you know, his some part of his some you know blessing or something. Mm. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. So past is past, okay. No matter. It's uh, but me. What important is a now and the future. So especially now, if I practice perfectly now, then my future. I can help others and I have, can help myself. Past is past, okay. If I hurt some people or if I help people, both is gone. The good karma, bad karma, both there. So this, the present, now, the most important. Fascinating, thank you. I have uh, a few more questions about this, about this time in your life, but I'd also like to talk about when you traveled to India and uh, continued your education and, and uh, life there and activities there, uh, there was something that, that I, I, I must ask you, I think, is your love of reading. Uh, you wrote in, in your book, my father loved books of all kinds. And even though we were poor, he was happy to buy many newly reissued books, both Tibetan and Chinese, which he gave to me to read and to study. He would help me with vocabulary that increased my understanding. 
he provided me books on topics ranging from the religious to the secular. I read books about Tibetan history, Dharma history, Marpa and Milarepa, and many Tibetan masters. I read the King Gesar stories and many fanciful Chinese novels translated into Tibetan. And in fact, you've gone on to publish, uh, write and publish 14 books, perhaps more by now, poetry, biography, history, all kinds of books you've, you've written, in fact. Can you talk a little bit about your love of books and reading and the role that has played throughout your life? Um, yes. I, you know, um, the 10 years at the monastery already I told you, you know, I studied very, very hard. <clears throat> so um, kind of like half my Dharma education from that time. And then the half my Dharma education came from the read uh, since I was a young boy, yeah? because my father, uh, so I read a lot, um, especially the stories, uh, biographies, and the history. <clears throat> and it influenced me lots, 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 uh, because a lot of people in Tibet and especially from the monastery, they read only like, okay, Gelugpa master's stories, Gelugpa master's like, you know, books, Gelugpa uh, uh, philosophy, you know, that's all. Uh, normal read like Nyingma's psychiatrists, a lot of, they do like that. My father, even before I joined the temple, he bought those look. Uh, so all different like school masters, biographies, stories. Look, already kind of like he taught me like non-secretarian, like you have to read. Even it's not religious, but like, you know, the samsaric books. It's influenced me lots, a lot, a lot, lots. Mm. And at first I never thought I'd become like a writer or, you know, uh, but slowly, slowly, you know, I start to write and start to publish. <clears throat> um, especially when I was in India, Nepal, that time the, like, uh, you know, the, like, how to say, like a website or like Facebook, that's not really popular. Uh, so I was afraid if I wrote some articles or something, I, if I don't publish, then it's, you know, like, despair, uh, lost, uh, nobody can read. So that's I start to publish, you know, on the papers. <clears throat> uh, and um, then, you know, the reaction, the people's message, you know, very good, very good, mostly positive. Uh, it's influenced me lots, in encourage, encourage, yeah? Uh, so then one by one, one after one, one after one, one after one. <clears throat> uh, because when I was like 20s, my favorite things are like uh, write the, you know, uh, poetry, you know, poetry and short stories. Uh, many the um, the Western the writers influenced me a lot. Like American, you know, Mark Twain and then uh, in the French, there's uh, France and Japanese, the, the short writer, uh, short story writers influenced me lots. <clears throat> uh, so that's why I wrote many of the short stories, lots. It's also helped me uh, how to become a 
a man, you know, uh, a traveler, uh, and uh, had to become a, kind of like a magician. Really, you know, every person is a magician. <clears throat> you should, you know, show something. Uh, then you can survive. If you can not show your things, you cannot survive. Uh, or dancer, you know, every single person is a dancer. You must dance with the mask or without a mask. With the mask man is, you should tell the truth directly. Without a mask, dance man is tell the truth directly. Show you directly or show you indirectly. Many times you can show you directly. You must wear mask. Ah, so those books, poetry and you know movies uh, help me, influence me, taught me how to become good dancer, good magician, good traveler. Yeah, and uh, happy teacher, happy person. Uh, so later I learned, you know, how to paint, to continue, you know, it's a very late, like I started to paint in 2005. Uh, I wanted to become like a painter since I was a little boy, but I didn't have a chance uh, until 2015. Uh, then since 2015, I started to paint, especially summer. It's also helped me a lot, my meditation, concentration. Uh, <clears throat> as also like my dance. Uh, sometimes I wanted, you know, paint a tree, but this tree is so ugly, then I just, you know, like destroy the tree, then the tree become maybe uh, maybe like a mountain, okay? Uh, if I want like a beautiful, like a grassland, but it's so ugly, then I just destroy it. Okay, it's become like a lake. It's many times as it happened. That man is a dance, you know, you want to like dance this, but you, you don't remember something, then you just make up, you know? <laughs> Life is like that. Now, sometimes it's perfectly like goes uh, with your, how to say, like uh, decisions, yeah? Uh, your order, but many times, no. You just stuck in the middle, then you should do something. Uh, yeah, that's the that's you know our life, uh, our life. <laughs> and that period of your life that you spent in India was full of those kinds of situations, unexpected situations, uh, surprising events. It seems. Could you say something about your travel to India? and your time there, both in South India. Uh, also, you spent time in the period that I'm thinking of in Nepal, uh, Dharamsala, etc. Can you say something about that period of your life? Uh, before I, you know, crossed the Himalayas, some of my Dharma friends, they already, you know, went to India and sent some pictures and from the photos, like, Look like it's beautiful. It's very clean and a lot of flowers. No winter. Look like the weather is perfect. And I really, really wanted to go there. Um, and um, there's some reasons. 
Number one is, you know, the Lord Buddha was born there. So, you know, Bodhigaya, Varanasi, you know, Lumbani, lots of those holy places. And number two, and then um, I know there's lots of different masters there, uh, lots. In my birthplace, I can stay only, look at this, you know, small monastery and then um, two, three masters, that's all. Uh, so, um, if I go like outside this, you know, world, different world, I have kind of more chance, more opportunity. Then uh, I, you know, <clears throat> um, decided to, you know, go to India. That time I didn't know anything about Nepal, almost zero, almost zero. Even I didn't know like a Bodha not stupa. I never heard. I think, of course, Sambunath, I never heard. Uh, so only the India, like India, India. Mm. I, so, but when we cross the Himalayas, first we arrived in Nepal. No? So we stayed there a couple of days and then we went to India. In India, I stayed different places, uh, you know, South India, you know, Northern India, Eastern India, <laughs> many places <laughs> for my pilgrimage and for study. <clears throat> uh, I met different masters, especially when I, you know, moved to Nepal. Nepal is a small country, it's so convenient. Uh, you can visit many different, you know, schools from different, you know, schools, many different monasteries from different schools within a couple of hours. Uh, it's very, very convenient. And I love the Nepal weather, you know, so it's beautiful, not too hot, not too cold. Perfect, uh, perfect. And so, um, how to say, um, yeah, very, very religious and so colorful, Kathmandu is so colorful, uh, very, very colorful. There's so many temples, um, like Dharma shops, stupas, a lot of Buddhist people and the, 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 you know, the tourists from, you know, around the world. Every single day you can see, you know, tons of different people, uh, different people. <clears throat> And then I met more, you know, different masters there. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it's helped me lots uh, develop or like uh, um, improve my Dharma life and my just samsaric life, both, uh, both. <clears throat> uh, so I wrote a lot of the, you know, articles, um, short stories, um, poetry in Nepal lots uh, so because it's the environment this of course is like a combination of samsara and the nirvana so you know there's lots idea a lot of informations uh, kind of like the wi-fi is so good so i can do a lot uh, <clears throat> it's totally changing my life you know in my life in nepal <clears throat> that's also i came to america too if i wasn't Nepal, maybe I just directly India to go back to you know, my country, Tibet, that's all. Uh, maybe I'm just in Tibet, maybe I'm stuck there somewhere, or maybe I can travel a little bit more, I have no idea. But Nepal, change your lots, change your lots. Uh, even the thousand years ago, Tibetan, um, the masters, the translators, 
most of them first disturbed like at least half half year in Nepal uh, for you know learn the um, the environment, the weather, and the food. Then they go to the you know uh, India. <clears throat> so Nepal is a very important place for you know the Tibetan uh, people. Uh, very important because it's between Tibet and in India. And also it's a you know, very, very religious country, both Buddhism and Hinduism. Well, Tukiyashi Rinpoche, I think we are soon to be out of time. Um, this has been so fascinating. I would love to record a sequel with you, part two, where we can talk more about your time in uh, Nepal and India. There are many interesting things that occurred there and also your move to America. Also, there are lots of uh, themes relevant to your work and to your travels and teaching that I'd like to ask you about also. So perhaps if you're willing, we could meet again to record part two and continue this conversation. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I'm very, very happy. Very, very happy to do the, you know, the part two. <clears throat> uh, uh, I'm so thank you for, you know, interview this uh, about my life. Uh, still, my English is very poor, but um, but I can come in and communicate a little bit, uh, so I can tell my stories and my thoughts <clears throat> a little bit. Uh, so I'm very very happy to uh, uh, see you next time again. Well, this has been very fascinating. Tulkiyeshu Rinpoche, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Steve James. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another Guru Viking podcast. For more interviews like these, as well as articles, videos, and guided meditations, visit www.guruviking.com.